This is a HeadGum Podcast. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Nick, um... All right, uh, you ready to start the show? Yeah, yeah, but um, um, I, can I can I ask you something real quick? Yeah. Are, are, are you cold? I'm pretty cold. cold. You're cold. I'm pretty cold. I'm pretty cold too. Um, do you think that's gonna maybe impact how we do the show? No, I think it'll be. You know, we're talking about ice stage music this week. I think it'll get us in the right mindset to be cold. Okay, I just um, you know, I just if if I if my teeth chatter anymore, they're all gonna fall out. Yeah, I, I, I feel like you know what? Let, here, here, have a have a little bit of the Slurpee. That'll help you out. Oh, you, no, you know it's Matt. Too, we're supposed it's, to be cold. Oh, okay, okay. If we're not cold, we're not going to be in the right mindset. Okay, you're right. You're right. Oh, um, I'm going um, to take a bite of this chip, witch. <laughs> oh, it's so cold. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh how about some iceberg lettuce? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just hearing iceberg lettuce makes me even colder, which is good. That's what we want. Here, let's watch this. Um, this this the only scene from the Titanic that features people being cold. The end. <laughs> All right, I think this is good. I, I think, think this is good energy to do the I show. Think, yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely um, uh, easier to do than the normal show. I froze solid. Oh no! I froze solid. I fro- I got too we cold. We went too far. I froze solid. I got oh uh, somebody somebody get us out of the somebody ice blocks. Somebody me. Help Rochelle, me. can you turn up the heat? Rochelle, can you can you actually just I'm solid. can you leave the studio as is and we'll just thaw out? We'll just, I'll be I'll just be here. I actually I think can I want to I want to stay. I'll, I want to be I'll frozen. Stay. Yeah, I kind of this is actually like easier, it. good for me. Maybe just like tell tell Conover that we're just going to be in here. Tell I Conover guess. we'll be in here while he's doing factually. I'll just be frozen solid. And it might actually like it might help. It might help us. I think it'll help us. At least I'm frozen by my friend. Finish him. Oh, shit. Oh, no, Sub-Zero. Oh, no. We feel cold and lonely, but also feel warm and cozy as we discuss ice stage music for the wintry season this week on Get Played. Wow, it's Get Played, your one-stop show for good games, bad games, and every game in between. It's time to Get Played. I'm Nick Weiger, along with Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Get Played. Wow. 
Wow. Wow. Heather is out this week, as you can probably infer. She's still recovering. Hopefully have her back real soon. That's right. And so it's it's just us boys today. Boys night! Boys night! Um, well, that's enough of that. Yeah, so- I, yeah I, did, I immediately <laughs> didn't like it. <laughs> that's not our energy. No, no, we're no. We're not boys night guys. No. We're men day. We're men day. <laughs> That's really that. What's really being manly is acknowledging that you're. It's Men Day. Yeah. <laughs> it's not boys' night anymore. It's Men. Time day. you grow up and have it be Men Day. Yeah. Wake up. Here in Men Day, we talk about video games. That's right. Talk about games that we that we that we love, games that we played in the past, and we talk about all sorts of stuff. And I actually wanted to start a little bit more generally because we're talking about ice stage music today, which we'll get to. Burr, burr, indeed. Uh, I wanted to talk about winter because you and I are both from Southern California, That's and Rochelle, right. our producer, uh, is also is from California, but up from NorCal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have not experienced much cold in my life, and when I've experienced cold or winter, it has been like I, I'm a, a place that I don't live, and so yes. it's been like like I've been in I was in Saskatoon, Canada, in January, and I was like, this is impossibly cold. I cannot imagine living like this. Yeah, yeah, I've uh, I've spent some time. In Oregon, I have family in Oregon, and I visited them uh, quite a bit, and yeah. uh, have seen the snow there. Been up to Washington, been up to Mount St. Helens. You know, they, you know about these dormant volcanoes in, oh, yeah. in school. So I was like, I'd like to go see that. So I, we went and went to go see it. Matt, that one's not dormant. It went off. What? Mount St. Helens like went off in like the eighties. Oh, it? it's dormant now. Like that's what you say until the next eruption. <laughs> Ah, this thing's dormant. Then you're fucking showered with lava. So this is an interesting new data point for me. Nick yeah. living in constant fear of volcanoes. <laughs> Doesn't matter what you say about them. He's like, it could go off any time. Look, I saw this documentary with Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Thing might be right beneath our feet. Uh, it, but I remember being there and being like, well, this is boring. But the snow is like, it's so novel. And also, yeah. you know, being from here. I've been up to Big Bear quite a bit in 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 my time, and I've seen snow up there. Yes, but I've I, it's been a very rare instance where I've seen snow fall, like actually falling from the sky. And uh, a couple years ago, I was in Chicago in January. Wow! And it started to snow there, and I was like, I knew that it was going to be a possibility that it was going to happen, and so on this trip to Chicago. I was like preparing myself and sort of being like, wow, this is going to be so idyllic and so like. Uh, beautiful. I was re- I was ready to like be kind of sweat like I was romanticizing this snow, and um, it sucked actually like a lot. It was like really bad. It yeah. didn't snow that much, but it snowed just enough where I wasn't wearing like any eye protection. It was just getting in my eyes constantly, and I hated it. Yeah, that's the thing because I always you know I know a lot of East Coasters and people from the Midwest who you know romanticize and Canadians who romanticize yeah. snow and think of like that so have such fond associations with it. But for me, it's like and and we should say you know despite living in California uh, at least my entire life, it's like California has the uh, the the video game world map like diversity in terms of of biomes. Yes. Like you can like you there's the desert, there's the ocean, but you can go up to the mountains like you were saying. You can go up to Big Bear, you can go up to Mammoth where I've been and experience like yeah. snow. Uh, there's the Sierra Nevada mountains here, you know. It's it's like it's all there. So I I have experienced snow, but it's always been kind of like a distant exotic thing and I've also never much cared for it. It's, but get this out of here. I don't need this stuff. Snow's mid. Yeah. I'd go less than mid. I'd say it's sub mid. Do you think it's cringe? Do you think snow is cringe? I think snow is a little bit cringe. I think snow is cringe. Uh, yeah, that's. I don't. I don't need it. 
in the, but in, but I do sort of get jealous when I see like um, all my uh, comedy friends going back home to their uh, East Coast uh, wealthy families for the holidays. <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right. Uh, That's a different aspect when you find out your friends are rich. Yeah, like, well, <laughs> I like to go see that. I like to see the photos. They're like, oh, I'm posing with you know these fall leaves, and we get fall leaves here, but I yes, feel like yeah. we don't get fall leaves like that. Right. Yeah. They're either. A little, they turn a little bit of a color, or they just completely yeah. fall off. Lovely fall leaves on the on the the yard in front of my guest house. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah, yes. you're a guy who does improv. <laughs> <laughs> snow activities: throwing a snowball, making a snowman, doing a snow angel. Who cares? Go you inside. Think, you think making a snowball is going to be the funnest thing? Because you see it like for me, I always thought like cartoons and comics. Yeah. Stuff. So I was like, this looks like the this looks so cool. And then you actually do it. It's like, oh, my hand is cold. And, it's and like also it doesn't like dirt. pack really well. Yeah, it's got a lot of like mud in it. Yeah. And you get hit with that and it hurts. Like hurts like worse than a paintball. It's like, oh, this sucks. Yeah. It's uh, There's nothing fun about this. No. And then shoveling a driveway. Yeah. Miss me with that, I don't dog. Do that. I'm not doing that. Yeah. The be- I feel like I've, anytime I built a snowman, it's been gray. It's just like all muddy. Yeah. It's like, this is disgusting. You made a yellow one one time, too, right? <laughs> all right. <laughs> but what I do like about winter is being cozy. Ooh. I'm into being cozy. What's everybody's favorite hot drink of choice? Mine's hot chocolate. Well, hot chocolate's a good answer. I mean, if I'm not saying coffee, well, and that that's not the context. Coffee's that we're off about. the table. Coffee's not. It's not like, uh, uh, you know, it's it's it, that's that's an every morning or in this case, like a, an afternoon drink for me. I know. Nick's flying off the walls. Gotta right Gotta have now. my Java. <laughs> Gotta have my decaf oat latte. And you know what he said too when he came in? Yeah. He put his finger up in front of my face and said, "Don't talk to me before I've even taken a sip." Yeah. Well. Good for your sake, you took the note. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I would have got my fucking head chewed off by this guy <laughs> over here. He was so mad. Um, I think I like a boy. I, I, I like a hot toddy. Oh, that's a fun thing to mess around with, and it's Hell also like yeah, that's dog. so that's so to me like seasonal, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know, Rochelle, you got an answer? Something hot you like? Um, a honey vanilla chamomile tea from a Celestial Seasonings. Wow. wow. Okay, the specificity that that sounds good. That sounds nice and cozy. Yeah. That's oh, the it's bear. it's cozy. Yeah. It's the bear. That sleepy little bear. I guess there aren't that many hot drinks. <laughs> it's not like we, we couldn't have done that all day. Yeah. <laughs> I think like, we named all of them. Tea. Tea, hot, hot chocolate. Hot, hot chocolate, hot alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I guess you could have like a hot cider, like a hot apple cider. Yeah. That's oh, fun. like a muled wine for the holidays yeah. is actually pretty nice. I like, I like that quite a bit, but I'm not going to do that. If it's somewhere, I'll have it, but I'm not going to go do that myself generally though i will say that winter is one of my least favorite seasons <laughs> but in the context of a video game i do like ice and snow like oh, yeah. i do fi- i do like in kind of like oh okay this is the snow level or whatever like i'm anytime when uh, like that's fine uh I'm, I'm generally into that you know the one exception a lot of times with platformers mm-hmm and we experienced this recently with Super Mario Brothers three, and the ice level is just like you know you, the the gimmick of it is that there's no friction, um, you know, it, it, and so it, it affects your mobility quite a bit, and yeah. like like that a lot of times is just like I find like a little bit annoying and frustrating if it's not if the physics aren't aren't tuned up, but um, uh, but generally speaking, I do like encountering some snow in a video game. Can I can I speak to that no friction? Yeah. I kind of like that part. I like, you like being able to slide, I like, slip and slide her a little bit. I like slipping and sliding because it's like it's just it's just a fun way to make traversal just a little bit more of a challenge. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and it's like so it's 
learning to navigate into account for how much you're going to slide is is kind of a fun exercise. I think I think it's I think it's pretty fun. It can be cool if done well, but there are times when it gets annoying. Oh, where yeah. it's just sort of like you know it's like it's like water levels or whatever. How do you like ice? And so this is why Weiger will forever be in Mount Podmore <laughs> in the hallowed hallways of the you know the best of the best. Yeah. Right. I can just hear uh, Ira Glass and Mark Marin being like, "How how do you like ice?" Like they all do. They all get to this question at a certain point. Um, I do like it, and it's actually kind of a problem. Actually, yeah. Do you chew it? I'm an ice chewer big oh, boy, time, yeah. and my dentist is dentist, always dentists like, "Hate that." They here's ten hacks dentists absolutely hate. <laughs> they do hate you chewing ice. They don't, don't like don't it at all. Uh, and they tell me all the time that I. I do need to stop. They also like know you do it too, which is another thing. It was they, like, you've been chewing ice, haven't you, Ben? They love, <laughs> dentists love to make you look like the biggest asshole yeah. on earth. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, have you been flossing? And you'll lie and be like, yeah. And then they're like, okay, really? I, it, you, have, you definitely haven't. Yeah. Um, but they actually can't catch me with that one now because I have been flossing a lot. There you go. It's like a detective with a polygraph. It's yeah. just like they're ready to bust you. Yeah. Or like Columbo at yeah. the beginning of the episode, even though he knows everything already. <laughs> just, just, just one minute. Just one, one more question. <laughs> do you like ice? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I do like ice, and you know everybody has their preferences. I do like that that Sonic like pellet ice. Yeah, I love is, that. I love that kind of ice. A home run. Cause that's if I'm gonna chew it. That's actually like kind of not the worst one to be chewing on. Yes. It's pretty soft, actually. I have heard that this is an American thing, that in a lot of the world, they don't love ice like we do. Mm-hmm. Like that it's just like it'll be like, you know, especially in in, in Europe is is just like the, the idea of like getting a glass of ice water yeah. or a soda with ice in it is so foreign. Well, everything sucks over there, so <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> no, I uh, shout out to all. Shout out to all my favorite Europeans out there. Yeah. We we love you here on the show. Yeah. Uh, even though your drinks are often room temp. I like one big cube. And I, I've said oh. this before, and people are like, come on, the one big cube thing, really? But I was like, I love that one big cube. I like it for me... Um, from an artistic standpoint, yes, yeah, it makes the it makes it makes the drink really pop. It's very interesting to look at, and you're not gonna you're not gonna really try to chew on that, you're, are you? And you're not gonna chug it. That's the other thing because it's mm. like kind of like you know it's it's a little bit of a tooth stopper. Yeah. So like you get like a craft cocktail with that one big cube in there, and then it slowly melts over time. It's sort of like you know you're parceling out your alcohol a little bit. But you're not. That's the only context that you're gonna get the big ice cube in the in the cocktail. You're not gonna put a. a yeah, not like a Pib Extra with one big cube. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck am gonna, I doing here? You're not going to do yeah, that. You but... Sprite Zero, can you get that with one big cube? It sounds good. Actually, cause it sounds, <laughs> it sounds kind of fun. It's interesting that you went Pib Extra. <laughs> just a lot. There's really just a lot to unpack <laughs> with you today here. Uh, R- Rochelle, how, do, how about you? Uh, let me. I'm trying to enter the, these hallways as well. How do you feel about ice? You'll get there. <laughs> Maybe I don't belong in the hallway because I... To have no preference for wow. what kind of ice I get. Do you, you don't like like do you, when you say no preference? You mean what type of ice, or do you mean ice or no ice? Like oh, it doesn't affect you. What type of ice does not affect me? Yeah. Um, I will say sometimes ice is too much. Sometimes wow. I do want a room temperature water. Okay, so water is one thing where because I've actually got you know I, I I always have this is a this is a little. Uh, Peek behind the, the the pod here. I always have two beverages. Yeah, that's just my thing. I got two drinks, um, so I can spill both of them all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I have like a decaf coffee. I got a hot one right now, and then I've got a room temp water. Because actually, when it comes to flat water, I do prefer it room temp generally, unless it's like really hot out. Mm-hmm. Cause it just it just chills my teeth too much. Does this does this track for anybody else? It do, absolutely. I know what I'm about to say doesn't make any sense. Yeah. When water is too cold, it tastes different. Yeah, I think that's true. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But it tastes a little different to me. No. I don't really like it that I'm much. with you. Yeah. No, I, I don't want that to be too too cold. But there's certain drinks I do like ice cold. Yeah. Oh, like a, a frosty cold one, for example. But I don't want ice in a cold Oh, one. no. I want ice don't... in a brew dog. A beer in a... With ice? <laughs> I might think you're Mork from Ork or something doing something that strange. I will say that, uh, you know, Natalie Do people took... know Mork and Mindy on this? Listen to this? Yeah, most of our audience was born in 1965. <laughs> Uh, Natalie took me to a Vietnamese restaurant once where, and it was like a, a, you know, largely Vietnamese American clientele. And I was surprised that they like, people were drinking Heineken with ice in it. Oh, wow. And it's, I guess that's like a, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's, if it's just a, a thing specific to, uh, that country or it was just a thing at this restaurant, but it felt like a thing that was just like, oh, this is an interesting, um, cultural preference. I, I just thought of a, a different type of ice that yeah. I also really like. It's often the ice that you get in like a in like a Thai iced tea, where it's like oh sure, really like crushed up. Yeah, that's super crushed ice. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a blast. That's that's my shit right there. <laughs> Should we switch topics? Should we do a different format? Just do ice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the drink dudes. Yeah. Heather comes back. Hey, we're the drink dudes. We're the now. drink dudes now. Both Heather and Mitch are mad. <laughs> Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Uh, let's get on topic, actually. Let's talk about, what are you playing? Wow. Uh, and Nick, for this one, because we are, we're we're banking this ahead, Yes. Uh, we were going to talk about like ice games, like snow games, right? Winter. Yes. Or we... I thought that was a thing we could get into. Yeah, we could just yeah. sort of talk generally about that. Although, if you do have anything else, feel free to shout it out. I was going to shout out um, Bob Mackey's book. Oh, yes. Which has been out for a couple months now, but I'm just getting around to reading. Um, congrats to friend of the show, uh, host of the great uh, uh, Talking Simpsons podcast, along with Henry Gilbert, uh, Bob Mackey, uh, on his new Boss Fight Books uh, uh, version of Day of the Tentacle, um, which you can buy from BossFightBooks.com. Can you order it from there? I believe so. Um, and uh, it is just an oral history of Day of the Tentacle, a game that we've covered on the podcast. Um, some of it is is stuff that was previously published, I think, on US Gamer. Um, but uh, some of the some of it is uh, a lot of it is new and is is greatly expanded. It is very cohesive, and it's just like a really engaging read. And it's like just really cool to have like a a text that's about something um, so specific and about a game that I'm I have a lot of fondness uh, for from somebody that I know. So check out that Day of the Tentacle book by Bob Mackey. Wow, hell yeah, yeah. Um... You should read it. You'd like it. I, I, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll hand it over to you. Oh, or great! I'll, I'll buy you a copy so we, su- <laughs> we support our friend. <laughs> I could, I could, I could, I could. These yeah. these books are uh, run for a very reasonable price. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can, I, I can, uh, I can source my own. I'll, I'll, I'll get this myself because that does seem like a fun read. 
Um, in in thinking about this, obviously, like there are there are ice levels in games, but yes. there are very few. I feel like there are very few games that almost take place entirely in the snow. Yes, that's the thing. Like this is going to be an ice focused game. Um, I do have a I I did I did think the the ice level is like a different discussion. Yes, but I think as far as an ice game goes. I always think first and foremost of the SSX franchise, and I yes. know there are some people who are Snowboard Kids fans, and I just, you know, I wasn't on board with Snowboard Kids. I didn't play the Snowboard Kids. I know some people love the Snowboard Kids. Um, if you look, if you respect the Snowboard Kids, I'm not disrespecting the Snowboard Kids. We love the Snowboard Kids. We absolutely <laughs> love them. Uh but uh, but it's it just what what I played was SSX. Yes, and I I think the SSX games, particularly SSX, tricky when they really got the format. But like as like it was like basically one of the only worthwhile launch titles for the PlayStation Two. I I recently played SSX tricky at a friend's house. Yeah, and thought I'd have that muscle memory back. Did not. No. Did not have it back. Not in the same way that uh, I took a long break away from Tony Hawk. But got back into Tony Hawk when the new one came out, and like all that muscle memory was still there. SSX Tricky felt hard to me, but I was also playing it on GameCube, which I was not used to. Right uh, at my at my buddy uh, Connor's house. Um, but I loved SSX Tricky so much, and I loved I loved SSX Three quite a bit as well. So Tricky is where I fell off with the franchise. Um, I so I, I don't know I don't know SSX Three at all. Do you remember anything with, with SSX Three specifically? It was just like, SSX. Tricky is more of like they're both pretty arcadey, but like Tricky is crazy taxi. Yes. And uh SSX three is maybe like Forza Horizon or something, where it's like it's a little closer to the real thing, but Got still it. fun. Uh let more of a sim, but still pretty like pretty crazy. Uh like there's nobody doing the worm on their um <laughs> right. on their snowboard as a trick. But I, I liked that that one quite a bit, and also because I, I think it was, I think SSX three like really pushed the the PlayStation two. It looked really really nice at the time to me, and I was like, I can't believe that this is on the PlayStation two because it looked it looked real. Well, <laughs> so like ice, like snow is one of those things like water that like it's just you know you could they can when it when it gets rendered visually effectively, it yeah. is like oh wow that 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 feels. Uh, uh, that feel that really feels spectacular, um, and uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe because it's just especially in the 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 when in environments were a little bit more low poly and like just doing like a big mm-hmm. vast smooth section of terrain, yeah. Like it like maybe you could get away with that a little bit more. Maybe this was like a way that like it justified that. So. Um, I, I don't really know what I'm saying here. I'm just kind of saying, like, I, I wonder if that that part of why these games look so good is because yeah. they were able to take their t- the technical limitations of the age and, like, you know, turn them into an advantage. I'm seeing here on the SSX3 Wikipedia, yeah, uh, the reception. There's like a chart here, or you know, a grid that has all the um, all the outlets that reviewed it for each console. Yeah, and it has unanimous praise, mostly critical reception. The one that I'm interested in right here, three 100% across the board for the Xbox, PlayStation 2, and the GameCube versions of this game from Playboy Magazine. Wow. Playboy was reviewing video games for a time. Do you think... Is it a different Playboy, you think? No, I think it's that... I mean, no, I don't think it's like a a video game publication. I'm hovering over the... Definitely not Purple Link. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's, that purple link for the Wikipedia for Playboy. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I like to. Re- I really like to only read the articles. <laughs> but it's yeah. It's I wonder what they were. What the calculation was there? They're like, we're not selling enough of these magazines. We have to have video game reviews in them. Honestly, I, I think that probably was a thing of just like they saw that their audience was getting older and older, and we're yeah. just like, yeah. Let's try to be fucking Maxim. Let's try to be FHM. And then, of course, those publications aren't uh, don't exist anymore anyway. No, and, it's, and it's, so many magazines have shut their doors. We got to bring magazines back. I guess they're not good for the environment. <laughs> I like magazines. I Can do I like a magazine. That? I like a magazine. I was thinking the other day that I it sucks that Nintendo Power isn't a magazine anymore. I would or exists at all. Yeah. I would love a Nintendo Power magazine to come back. I'd, I'd love to just be flipping through a magazine and be like, what's Mario up to? It is amazing also that they were just so ahead of the curve in terms of, because that's now every every company kind of handles their own media, right? They all have their yes. own PR organizations, and Nintendo was just like, you know, we're just going to pull out a, a, a full-on propaganda rag. We're just going to we're just gonna have a fucking, our own version of Pravda is just yeah. going to come out under the Nintendo Power label. We're just going to send it to kids, and we're going to tell them every game is good. <laughs> yeah, and like, but that's like, that's what you want in a magazine. You're exactly, like, wow, yeah. this, this is good. I yeah. can't wait to get this. Um, but I'm th- I'm thinking of recent snow games for me, and a big one. By the by the way, just yeah. but before we got yes. away from S S X, I was like looking at it because similar to you, I was like looking for info through this, this as we were talking, and um, I was like, what the hell happened with this franchise? And I was just like, oh yeah, E A. Mm-hmm. It's just a fucking E A franchise, and like everything, they eventually you know bleed it dry and then kill it. Uh, it's a bummer. Such a shame. Yeah, that I feel like they could that that's due for a proper reboot, but we'll see a requel. There's so many of these games that I think look fine enough yeah. that I would take a port of just SSX Tricky and have it on Switch. I'm I'm fine with that. They don't have to make it too much nicer. Maybe the Tony Hawk 1 and 2 treatment is on the works. Yeah. Who knows? In the same way, I, I've said this probably a million times too, um, and I just want a port of NBA Street Volume 2. I don't right. need the first one. I don't need the third one. Two only. <laughs> But what they would do is they would just, like, oh, they'd have lost the license for everybody, yes. so it'll be a bunch of generic-sounding characters. Mm. As long as they have that sweet, sweet music in there, I'd, I'd be happy to hear it. A big snow game came out just last year, Nick. Mm, what's that? God of War Ragnarok. Wow, great pull. Takes place in Fimblewinter, my dear. That's a, that's a snow game. That's yeah. a big-time snow game. A lot game. of snow. You get your fucking ass handed to you by Thor in the snow. It's 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 really really good too. It's a uh, super. Uh, not all of it is snow, but a good majority of it is. That at least the very intro is in the snow, and then you yes. get to back into snow a little later once you're coming back to you know some of the places you've been before. But you got it. You got to traverse a lot of snow, a lot of ice, actually. But that's that's probably the biggest snow game in recent memory. Uh, that's a good one. I, the other one I was thinking of in recent times was Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Oh yes, which yeah. I loved. I loved that fucking game. I, I never it finished so it, but I, I I I put some time into it and was like, this is this is as good as Donkey Kong Country can be. This is this is fantastic. Just turn on uh, the fucking funky mode and blaze through it. Hey. You get to play Funky Kong and you can't fail. I live my life in Funky Mode, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I just put on sunglasses. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Wow, we actually did it for the bit. I'm gone. I've gone funky mode. <laughs> I don't know if we can handle funky Matt. We'll yeah, try. I'm gonna take it. I can't really yeah. see. <laughs> I um, love a visual bit for the podcast. That's good. People like that. Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, I thought was was a lot of fun, and also just like a good way of what we were talking about. Of like, it, I think it did have a good balance of using the. Uh, 
what can sometimes be a liability or can feel kind of clunky to play ends up being, you know, that I thought it was well executed, the the ice physics in that game. Um, but the one I was going to talk about just a little bit, just real briefly, is uh, Icewind Dale. Um, there were a couple of these that they made back in the day. These were around the era of uh, Baldur's Gate. Oh. And um, they, were, uh, they were developed by Black Isle, and they had a... Uh, they released a a sequel as well. Um, I never got around to playing the sequel, but I did play the the first game and the expansion. And um, it basically was like you know kind of the same sort of thing of Baldur's Gate, uh, um, but in the way that Planescape Torment took the Baldur's Gate you know sort of a a a. a the 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 engine and sort of the uh the structure of it but like made it more much more plot focused and much more about the story and much less about the combat this went in the opposite direction and it basically was like so focused on combat um you created the your entire party you didn't just create a player character wow uh and and so like that in of itself took a lot of time um the score was by jeremy soul and i actually thought about picking a track from this one for the my ice stage music but as i was going through i just like i as much as i like it i feel like i had some other stuff that was kind of similar so i'm i'm not pulling from that but it was a really fun uh and really intense uh pc rpg back in the day it came out in like 2000 and uh another franchise that's kind of dormant but i i feel like in this when we're seeing like baldur's gate 3 having such a you know such this uh, this amazing reception right now i wouldn't be surprised if someone tries to re- resurrect the icewind dale franchise knowing that a lot of those fans you know uh, uh, also exist not unlike the aforementioned Volcano Mount St. Helens. Not actually dormant, maybe. Maybe we'll maybe, see it Maybe, yeah. Is that why the word dormant is in my head? I think so. Just going to be thinking about dormant volcanoes that aren't actually dormant all day. <laughs> yeah, just living in fear constantly. It's like, it's happening. <laughs> uh, Icewind Dale's my pick. Uh, should we talk a little bit of music? Let's talk tunes, my man. All right, so the topic is now that's what I call video game music, ice stage music. Burr. Um, burr, indeed, my <laughs> my good boy. <laughs> oh, I, w- I also want to shout out a couple of games that aren't like ice games, but that have, I just, just, just in my notes, that are, but that have like very big ice sections. Mm-hmm. Metal Gear Solid is a big one. Oh, yes. Uh, and then Uncharted 2 has some oh, great yeah. ice venturing. Love the ice sections of that game. I got to play through those. I had not. I'd played Uncharted, but I had not played Uncharted two and three until a few years ago. I think I played. Th- I played through them in quarantine. I talked about it on the podcast right. in our old format, and I. I think they absolutely hold up. You play it. Play the. Uh, play the re-releases. Uh, all right. Uh, what, what? How do we want to do this, Matt? Do you want to start? We're, we've just basically each picked out some ice stage music that we like, and we're gonna we're gonna alternate. Yeah, I'll, I'll start. Uh, you know, I don't even know where to begin, really, because I feel like I know you, where to begin. You know where to begin? Yeah. For me. Or for uh, you? No, for me. But I was, I was just saying, if you don't know where to begin, I have a place to begin. You begin. Okay, I'll begin. Uh, because this is the intro of a game, and this is an intro of one of the greatest JRPGs ever made. This is the intro for Final Fantasy VI. Um, this is by Nobuo Uematsu. And um, there's some run-up up to this point, but there's a point, and I think in the video I sent you, Matt, you yeah. can watch the, the, the visuals of it. It's a point where... Uh, Terra, uh, who is it was effectively the protagonist of this game, um, and uh, two other soldiers walk in their mechs uh, through an endless uh, blizzard, through an endless ice land, uh, and while that is playing, this track kicks in. Are you watching it? Doesn't look cool. It does look really cool. They're just kind of walking, and but they're big. Yeah. 
the lonely dirge of marching to battle. And so in the um, in the pixel remaster of yes, they removed the credits. Wow. So it's just them silently walking with like nothing going on. I wonder why they did time. that. No idea. It's weird. Anyway, um, this is this track's an all timer. And I just have such like a vivid memory of just experiencing that for the first time. So this one always says ice to me. That is that did say ice. Yeah. That was that was simply that was that was frigid, my dog. <laughs> Uh, I'll I'll go because I'll I'll start here. Wait, did, so you mentioned the Pixel Remasters? So I know you're playing through the Final Fantasies. Remind me if you played you played six. I did not get to six. I am somewhere in like in the middle of four. I okay. did fall off of that that playthrough. And uh, there's an ambitious project to play through all the Final Fantasies. I and we're we were talking uh, or will be talking. I forget which which order this is coming out about Final Fantasy seven, and. Mm. You know, like I, I think, I think if you go with this project, you'll want to actually play through Final Fantasy VII once you get there. I think I'd like, I'd like to, I'd like to do it because that just seems like something I should have done already. It should, I should have just done this mm-hmm. before. But you know, we don't have to belabor the point of there's just no time and infinite amount of games to play. This, this first song from me is from one of my all-time favorite games, a game we covered on this show, Pokemon Gold. And you know, in the in the first Pokemon games, Red, Blue, and Yellow. Each each gym has an has a has a type, right? You got your sure. fire, you got water, grass, electric, normal. In the heyday of BuzzFeed quizzes, was there ever like a which Pokemon type are you? That feels like something that would have. I'm existed. sure there 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 had to have been, and now there's like there's too there's many so types. Many, there's too many types. Yeah. Uh, but they added they added some new types to Pokemon Gold and Silver. One of them being. Ice. There's there is there is a BuzzFeed quiz. Let's find out which of the eighteen Pokemon types you are. Oh my god, how long is the quiz? We uh, can't do this. <laughs> why can't we do this? Because oh, you're scrolling and it hasn't stopped. This is way too long. <laughs> this is so long. I cannot believe how long this is. I'm sure a lot of they it... really want to stay you keep you engaged with this page. Yeah, See yeah. Get fed all their ads. It, yeah, it looked like it was mostly ads, but <laughs> this is this is from a section of the game that is very challenging, and it's this. Part, it's called the ice path and so you're in you're in we talked about this fr- this lack of friction yes so you're in a cave where there is a bunch of ice everywhere and you have to navigate the cave the caves are like puzzles and so you have to figure out how to skate across each of the ice planes basically to land in front of or uh you know or have a have a have a boulder stop you so you can get to this ladder that you can't you can't just walk over to it. You have to right. go a very specific direction. And this is the music from the the ice path from Pokemon Gold and Silver. Ah, this rips. I know this track. It's like kind of aggressive, because like it's a hard part of the game. But yeah. this part right here, now that sounds like ice. Yeah. Yeah, that crunchy bass line. Yeah. I mean, it just feels like it would be in like a rap song. It's really, really good. Uh, but I did bring in, for a point of comparison, uh-huh. because the game was remade for the DS under Pokemon uh, Heart Gold. And so here's that very same track from the DS version. 
I like that. I thought about pulling in one of the orchestral scorings um, of the Final Fantasy VI track. Because sometimes I like those rearrangements, and other times I'm like, mm, I don't know about this. I like the original. This is good. This is a good arrangement. This is really, really good. The, I mean, part, Heart Gold... Heart Gold is like a perfect execution of that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, of the remake that improves upon uh, the original. It's it's so good. But there's something that, that you're just getting from that of just like how much the the character of the instrumentation affects like the mood of it and it affects how it comes across. Because like that second one sounds a lot more, even though it sounds like mysterious, it yeah. sounds less threatening than the first one. The yes. first one feels like someone's going to stomp on your throat. Equally as cold, though. Yeah, they're both cold. I'm like, I'm getting kind of cold. You're getting cold from here listening I to think, this? I think I, I feel like Jack Nicholson at the end of The Shining right now hearing that one. Oh, Matt, warm yourself up. Okay. Did I talk about the the book of the book The Shining on this pod? I can't remember. I don't know. I read the book The The Shining. Um, shout out to the Just King Things podcast, which is a uh, reads through all of Stephen King's books in chronological order. And I've been uh, reading all of his books and listening to that pod as a companion. It's a great mm-hmm. show and a, a, a great motivator to get through it. But you know, a while back at this point, I read The Shining book, the book The Shining. And uh, I, I mean, I think like it and the movie are, are basically equally good. Um, the book is certainly like a, perhaps a little bit more problematic, has some stuff that hasn't aged as well. Uh, but I think it's like, it's just got such, it adds such interesting detail and depth to it. And it also, I think really is a great psychological portrait of both addiction and also like gradually losing your mind. Uh-huh. And that's, that's just sort of stuff you don't really, you know, just cause it's a different medium. It doesn't communicate as well on film. Uh, although it's really effectively portrayed by Kubrick, obviously, a- and Nicholson. Anyway, the big difference or one of the big differences is how it ends, so the first thing this is our new favorite thing that we do. Yeah, you tell me something insane of, of an ending that I haven't somehow been spoiled. So the ending of of the the movie, obviously, he frees to to death, like you yeah. reference. Um, the uh, the ending of the book is, uh, the caretaker, the ground groundskeeper, rather, who arrives. Um, uh, who also has The Shining. Um, yeah. I can't think of the character's name right now. Uh, a play by Scatman Crothers. He arrives and uh, to rescue the family. In the movie, he's basically immediately killed, um, despite you know yeah. traveling all the way across the country. Uh, and in the book, he they succeeds. didn't take that into consideration. Really, it's like actually it's really kind of rude, rude to this guy. <laughs> just get an axe to the back as he soon as he shows up. Just got yeah. here. You know how expensive it is to book a last-minute flight from like Miami to rural Colorado, <laughs> and then that during drive. the Christmas season, yeah, and then that drive. They had to get in the snowmobile. That was su- that was. There was no way that drive was like sub three hours. Yeah, there's no way. Anyway, so like he in in the book, uh, he doesn't fail. In fact, he succeeds at rescuing the family. And there's this thing about the boiler that's going in the whole in the book the whole time. Uh, so the ending of the book is him like driving away with the family. Uh, on a snowmobile uh, as the hotel behind them explodes. And it's just like, man, that is so what the hell? completely different. <laughs> it works in the book, but it's like yeah. so completely dissonant versus what you know from the movie. That's because you know? like the ending is so... It's like a Michael Bay ending. Yeah. Like, yeah, they had to like make it an action movie. Like, oh, this book wasn't exciting enough. Uh, let's blow up the hotel. Yeah, I know. It's like the 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 opposite yeah. of what would happen. But yes. instead they make a much more like kind of subdued sort of ending in the in the movie. I got a... Is it a thicky? That's a big boy. Ugh, that's not what I wanted to hear. 
I, f- I feel like it's a pretty substantial read. I'd like to read the novelization of the movie, then. It's <laughs> a little bit shorter, maybe. Start with the Bob Mackie book. Work your way. Okay, okay, yeah. Sort of get a taste for <laughs> reading. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Nick, you're That's up. a good pick. Um, my pick is from the, uh, the Banjo-Kazooie franchise, and... I thought just, you know, we had these these first ones are perhaps a little bit more melancholy uh, or even upsetting. This one is just pure winter wonderland. This is Freeze Easy Peak by Grant Kirkhope. Horns? Back me up on this. Yeah. I think you'll agree with me. Horns is winter. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. We're not hearing them now, but... But, I mean, it just sort of announced the arrival of winter, and yeah. then we're just kind of living in this sort of, you know, this percussive sort of sleigh bell thing that's going on. Yeah, in the same way and that, the, like, the horn's back now, doing this little lead here. You can't hear, like, that type of bell without thinking Christmas. Yeah. Oh. But anyway, this is very, like, kind of, you know, Tim Burton adjacent, I would say. Like, this would not be out of place in, like, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, but you know, a, a really good, uh, really good ice level in this game, and I think this uh, the soundtrack's a nice pairing for it. You like you, you like them banjo kazooies? I was just about to say, I've never played it. I think one is the only one that's really worth playing. I think two is just a bloated mess, and nuts and bolts is like what I mean, it has its defenders, but it's kind of whatever. I just I didn't have the Nintendo. Nintendo I didn't have the Nintendo 64. Yeah, that's a big, yeah. So I just like never, I just never got around to it, but I feel like had I played it, I probably would have liked it. Yeah, well, the thing is, like, I did have a Nintendo 64. The Nintendo 64 had like eight games total that were worth playing, mm-hmm. like, and some, some very, very high highs. But the thing was, like, when, yeah. when Banjo Kazooie would come out, lower your like, pitchforks, everybody. Yeah, it'd be like an oasis in a desert. It's like, oh man, here yeah. we go. Here's yeah. A, here's a fucking, uh, uh, you know, AAA rare game. I like their, I like their vibe. I the like guys banjo and kazooie. I like them a lot. Yeah, they're a good duo. Yeah, that that's fun. That yeah. they're they're so you know in the same way that I like any of those like Instagram posts that are like these animals that shouldn't be getting along are best friends. Yeah, I love that. It um, definitely is one of those situations, you know. Yeah. If oh man, if banjo kazooie was on Instagram, they'd be the biggest thing on Instagram. People would love this bear with a bird in his backpack. The fact that he yeah <laughs> this bipedal bear yeah. that has clothes in a backpack <laughs> is friends with a horse. Yeah. Not a horse, a bird. Yeah. My brain's going a little fast from this Coke Zero. Slow down, Turbo. <laughs> Put those sunglasses back on. Okay. Oh, yeah. I got, I got to get back into funky mode real quick. <laughs> Michelle, did you ever play a Banjo-Kazooie? No, I never played it. What systems did you have when you were younger? Um, I had PlayStation and okay, yeah. a Game Boy Color. <clears throat> what were some of your favorites from, from that era? <laughs> there was American and Ashley game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <Where> was- yes. <laughs> Love that. That's. Do you remember which one? Um, I think it's called Sweet Sixteen, and it basically was like a almost like Life the Game Board, but as a Mary Kate and Ashley, uh, and there was like mini games. So this wasn't was this Sweet Sixteen licensed to drive? Yes. So oh my th- god! It looks like this was basically like a um, like a Mario Party, but with Mary Kate. and yeah, Ashley. Yeah, it was like Mario Party. Exactly. Wow, that rocks! I'd never even heard of this game. This is the type of stuff that when my fiance asks what we cover on the show. She's often asking, why haven't you covered Mary Kate and Ashley Sweet 16? <laughs> that rocks. Um, yeah, I, I uh, well, hey, Banjo-Kazooie had a kind of a Mary Kate and Ashley sort of synergy to the two of them. 
I guess they did. Collaborated on some some bangers. <laughs> uh, you you mentioned just a second ago, Nick, that if that was in like a Tim Burton Nightmare Before Christmas like movie, yeah, it wouldn't stand out. It wouldn't be out of place. I don't think this one would either. As a matter of fact, my next pick is from Kingdom Hearts Two: Christmas Town from the from the Nightmare Before Christmas area. Wow! Here we go. I didn't know this was coming. So what this does, very effectively, I think, is blend the the Tim Burton like or the you know the I guess the Danny Elfman score. Yes. Uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, I Christmas said Tim music. Burton. I meant Danny Elfman. Yeah. I, was, I said the wrong thing. Uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas score with this like. Is he canceled now? By the way, we, uh, we, I think so. All right. Well, I feel less bad about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he like it, it, the um. The game, this the score does a good job of blending that style of music with the like music of Kingdom Hearts, and I think this is a just a great, a great track from a great game with a lot of great songs. Wow, that's a great pick. I think the other thing it does is that it says Christmas without quoting a specific like Silent Night or Jingle Bells, you yeah, know, just sort of evoking that sort of mood and sensibility. Yeah, like if this was playing at a Christmas parade, no one's gonna be like, "What the fuck is yeah, this? What, is this? what the hell?" This. They're, they're dropping new Christmas bangers yeah. and they're not telling anybody about like it? We Three Kings or something, I know. Yeah, uh, uh, Joy to the World. Or uh, there's a lot of them with joy. The First <laughs> Noel, perhaps. Was Did you play this Mary-Kate and Ashley game for the Game Boy Advance? Is that what you're playing it on or you're playing it on PlayStation? PlayStation 2, okay, got it. I think. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a couple of versions here. Uh, I won't just be buried in this, I promise. <laughs> uh, the soundtrack is very good. Okay, well, if you want to queue up a track, we'll get it going later. <laughs> but it's not icy. It's very beachy. <laughs> well, we'll have that as a palate cleanser at the end then. If you want to pick one out, we'll we'll have that. We'll queue that up. Um, I'm a, I, I will stay in Ice Town right now. In fact, we'll stay in an Ice Town. Uh, this is the, the town that you get to in Act 5 of the Diablo 2 Lord of Destruction expansion. Uh, the track is called Fortress by Matt Yuleman. And I played this on the podcast before, but I had to bring it back. Horns, baby. Pretty little uh, wintry horn. A different sort of horn. Either an English horn or an oboe. This also kind of sounds like the Nightmare Before Christmas kind of. Yeah, it all kind of seems to be saying in the same sort of tonality. I mean, what I like about this track, first off, is that I just, I've heard it so many times that I never get tired of it. But also, it was just like, this is, to me, is one of the, the best expansions slash, you know, DLC before DLC when, when these things were were sold at retail Yeah. Uh, ever, ever made. And the music was so good in... in Vanilla Diablo 2 that they were able to have all these new tracks in a, a an expansion that basically entirely lives in an ice biome. It's all like in this wow. wintry sort of, uh, you know, north of the wall sort of area. Um, and I think the music absolutely lives up to the base game. But this track to me says so much about like isolation and like kind of like just trying to be, you know, uh, having to, to, to hold strong 
uh, amidst uh, uh, the, the the desperate you know circumstances you find yourself in um, up in this this uh, stronghold of barbarians uh, besieged by Diablo's minions yeah. in the wintry north. It's it's it, that you hear you're hearing this, and then Deckard Cain says, "Stay a while and listen." And you're right. like, "I think I will." <laughs> yeah, I want to go out there. Yeah, it's too cold. We yeah, fucking killed by Bale. No, thank you. <laughs> um, I'm thinking I'm bringing something to the the show right now that we haven't really talked about a lot on the show at all. We haven't really. I don't think we've ever really talked about Crash Bandicoot. We have, uh, yeah, considering how long the podcast has been going, a, a real dearth of Crash Bandicoot content. I was a big Crash head when I was a kid. I loved Crash. My first Crash was actually Crash 2. You know, I'm remembering the one thing we did have uh, Alex Berg on the podcast oh, who yes. played Crash Bandicoot in some commercials. That's right, yeah. yeah. But that was basically, like, that was the, <laughs> the time we spent talking about Crash, I think. That, that, that was probably the extent of it, yeah. And I think our pal Jordan Morris wrote some jokes for the newest Crash. That's right, yes. Uh, so that's the only capacity he's come up. I was a big Crash 2 head. The, uh, it's called Cortex Strikes Back is the subtitle. Um, that was my very first Crash. There's some snow levels in, in Crash 2. And so I brought the music from Crash 2 that is in those snow levels. The snow levels being Snow Go, Snow Biz, and Cold Hard Crash. And this is the the music that plays in those levels. Here you Cold go. Cold Hard Crash is a great pun. It's really, really good. Different energy than we've had so far. Yeah. It's more up-tempo. What I like about it is it sounds like all the other Crash music, but it just has, like, jingle bells on it. <laughs> <laughs> The music in those games are really, really fun, and the um, I spent a little bit of time with the Insane Trilogy, yeah. the the remasters of uh, of those games, and they're all so fun and so good. Yeah. I love Crash. A little bit of xylophone there, or whatever mallet instrument that is, really nice. I think Crash Two was the like that one I bought because I know Crash One I rented I never owned but I did I did I feel like was Crash Two a two disker weirdly uh I don't believe so maybe I'm misremembering it or maybe it was a different Crash I there it's possible it's possible they sold Crash Two and Three together at some point mm. I think um, I definitely played two Three is also really really yeah. good those are my Crash games I didn't play Crash One until like way later somehow somehow I missed it. In the same way that Austin Powers 2 was my first Austin Powers. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> you get it. Like You, you get you, it, but also, come on. I, didn't, I, I, I think the I first think one came different. out and I was just a little too young to go see it, but by the yeah. time 2 came out, also, two, 1 flopped. 1 was not like a big hit, yeah. and, but then it did really well on DVD, I think. Yes. And then 2 comes out and 2 is like a, the number one at the box office in the year that the fucking same year as Phantom Menace. It was like a huge hit. We used to, we used to have it all. Austin Star Powers. Wars in the in the box office and Austin Powers. Austin Powers is so funny. They got to bring Austin Powers back. And I think I think they can bring Austin Powers back because his whole like he's not like it's not bad. No, he, he's always asking for enthusiastic consent and then just like drops it if he doesn't get it. Yes, and he's like I'm done with this. Well, and also this whole thing is that he's just like oh this is everyone's telling me this is inappropriate behavior because the time yeah. he, like he like it absolutely tries. He's not fucking Duke Nukem. No. Or Pepe Le Pew, for that yeah. matter. Uh, he's, but I think he, I think he could exist in in a modern world, and yeah. 
Maybe he goes to the future. I don't know how. This is the thing is like Mike Myers would not want anyone else to play it. But I think the way is you'd have to get someone to do like a young Austin. That'd be the only way to go with it. Uh, Am I looking at him? <laughs> I think you're looking at him, baby. <laughs> I, I'll do all the parts. I'll do Dr. Evil. Uh, I'll do. Um, I guess they'll call him. They'll simply call him Bastard is the one is, is the one edit I'd make. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, I, I'll do. I'll I'll be gold member. There you go. Uh, and you know what? I'll take the love guru for a spin too. Just kidding. I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, keep the love guru out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's see. What uh, that was your pick? That was my pick. Uh, that bring it means it's my turn, which means a hey, game we covered this year was the Metroid Prime Remaster. This is a great one. Some great great snow music from this game. Uh, Kenji Yamamoto uh, was the principal on the score for this one. This track is Vendrana Drifts. So this one does a good job already of communicating not only snow, but also space. Yes. <laughs> it's, it somehow says both ice and future. Yes. Winter, but science fiction. Yeah. It's able to communicate that all with music. Man, this game is so fucking good. It's really good. <laughs> I wish they uh, would get those other two out on the Switch before the Switch 2 comes out. Yeah, I don't I don't know what's going to happen with the other Metroid Primes. Um, I feel like they're probably not going to get proper remasters, and Nintendo's so fucking weird. This one's like, sat on the shelf forever, too. Yeah, they had it finished for two years. Then again, maybe, it's, maybe they're just done, and they'll just be released randomly. Yeah. You know what's going to happen? Yeah. They're going to put them out on December 26th. That's the kind of thing they do. They come out on Boxing Day. Yeah, they're crazy. Uh, how many more you got, Matt? Um, I think I just have but one more. Okay, then I'll just I'll I'll narrow my picks because I've got a couple others. And um, so I'm just gonna pick one. My final pick is from one of the big games of this year, The Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. Wow! And you know, there is actually a lot of snow in this game. There's like a, I mean, there's a whole area where there's snow. There's, yeah. there's mountains galore. The higher you up, go up, the colder it gets. That's just kind of how yeah. mountains work. And this is from the Frozen Rito Village. You get to the the Rito Village, the top of this oh, mountain. Yeah. And it used to be bustling. No, this is one of the sequences I played. I, I fell off this game when I got here. And it used to, people walking around, hanging out. But now you get up there and it's desolate, covered in snow. Where is everybody? Where's Hello? Everybody? Hello? Is anyone out there? And who... <laughs> that's what, that's the, those are the vibes right that, now. If Link could talk, that's what he would say. Yeah. And it's not that he doesn't talk, he can't. He can't. But you see all these little Rito children running around, and they're like, we gotta figure out what the fuck's going on. So you're working with these kids? Yeah. It's a great sequence of the game, of a game with many great sequences. And this music also rips and communicates cold really well. It does communicate cold. I almost brought in both cold and magic. <laughs> yeah, we gotta kinda go back and say what the other ones <laughs> do too. I almost brought in the sound 
from when you start to freeze a little bit because there's like a specific sort of like yeah almost, not like a ping but a sort of like and I don't know like an audio vibration kind of that that plays when you uh, uh, when you're freezing in that game. Uh, that's a great pick. Uh, I've got I've got one more um, and uh, my final one. I'll, I'll say both that I was going to say, and, and I'm just going to pick the one. Uh, the one that I was, the one that I also had on my list that I won't play because uh, I played a different winter track. But there's like three tracks for each season in Stardew Valley, um, and so the one I'd picked was, you know, by Concerned Ape, aka Eric Barone, uh, Nocturne of Ice. I was going to play that winter track, uh, but instead I'm going to opt for a track from a game that we don't talk about as much on the podcast. We did dedicate an episode to it. Um, their pals at Koyama, uh, and uh, yes, that's right. And, and I know some. I know there are a lot of people who have a lot of fondness for this game, and it's really impactful for them. And you know, for me, my, I think this is my big takeaway is just how good the score is. Um, and so there are a few different snow tracks from this one, um, but I went with Snowy uh, by Toby Fox from Undertale. I said Come that on. horns is winter, yeah. but piano is also winter, too. Yeah, a little tinkly piano that's yeah. very wintry. Charlie Brown. Mm, yeah. Vince Guaraldi Trio. Come on. This is one you just want to sit in for a while. Toby Fox and Concerned Date both like solo devs yeah. to some degree. Toby, Toby had assistance on Undertale. Concerned Date made Stardew Valley all on its own. But also who do the music for those games, which to me is just like another thing. It was like that skill alone is enough. You don't have to do all the other stuff. It's it's hard to hear stuff like that yeah. because we can barely do this. <laughs> <laughs> But it is really like impressive and like just like that both things are good. Yeah, you would expect one to like not be as good as the other yeah. thing, but like they both stand on their own as like good pieces of work. Yeah, I feel like you know when you like, a, lot, a lot of times everyone has and it, it's with with you know with with a solo dev or is, is like you got they've got their superpower be that like art or composition or you know the tech side of things as a coder, uh, but just the ability to do everything to to proficiency on a scale from proficiency to excellence is just like that that sort of all around skill is really really amazing. Um uh, do you have one more Matt? That was that was it. Oh, for you me. you played all of yours. Yeah. How did I start and then I also went last? Cuz you had the you have the extra one too. No, but I didn't play the extra one. Oh, did I I didn't skip one. I played one, two, three, four, five tracks. Oh, you know what? I I played two of mine were um back to back because of the they were both from Pokemon Gold, but one was oh, the okay, okay, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. yeah. So I had Final Fantasy VI intro, Banjo Kazooie, Freeze Easy Peak, uh, Diablo II, Lord of Destruction, Fortress, Metroid Prime, Fendrana Drifts, and Undertale Snowy. Yeah, and I had I had from Pokemon Gold the Ice Path music. I had from Crash Bandicoot Two, Cortex Strikes Back, Snow Go, Snow Biz, Cold Hard Crash. I had from the Kingdom Hearts Two Final Mix, Christmas Town, and from the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, I had Frozen Rito Village. And now we're going to hear is a palate cleanser from Mary-Kate and Ashley's Sweet 16, Licensed to Drive. Uh, Rochelle, which track do we have here? Um, this is a, this is called I'm Going to Like You Here by Lisa Carrera. Um, all of the songs on this are 
seemed like they were just taken off a band camp because (laughs) there's like no there's barely any info on all these artists i'm embarrassed now no it's okay this This is is awesome um the whole premise of this uh, game is uh you're racing to get your driver's license against three of your other friends very relatable for a teen what felt more important back then absolutely nothing this is going to be the first episode that my fiance listens to because she legitimately sings this song every day. So she, she loves this song. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's unbelievable. And it's she knows it because of this game. Because I'm in love, and I, I think, think I'm, I'm gonna, gonna like, like it here. here. <laughs> wow, I did not think anyone has ever heard of this song before. That rocks. That's so funny. I'm very glad we listened to that. Yeah, what a what a peek behind the curtain. Truly, I love her. <laughs> All right, it's time for the question block. But ding! And these are from our Discord, discord.gg slash getplayed. Join the Discord, get in on the fun. Everybody has a nice time in there. So what are you doing? Wholesome place. Hop on in. Hop on in. This first one is from Modest Ghost. And Modest Ghost writes, I love the podcast. I was wondering, do you listen to older episodes you have done to see how much has changed as a person and content? Now, I'll say this. Yeah. I've listened to a lot of these mm-hmm. because... I've, I I I listen nowadays. I listen back for notes, and I give, uh, if if any, to uh, Rochelle. But uh, in in the old days, I would get in the I'd get my hands dirty, and I'd get in the mix, and I'd hear all these episodes a lot. Yeah, right. Um, it's sometimes several times if I was like doing s- several passes or whatever. So I've heard a lot of these, but I haven't heard the most recently that I've heard an older episode was when we re-released the um, Super Mario Brothers movie one that we did on the DLC. But that yeah. wasn't even that old in the um, in the run. It was like kind of somewhere in the... This is, to be clear, this is the Bob Hoskins Super Mario the, Brothers yes, movie. Yes, correct. The, the, the live original, action one. The live action one. Um, but I'm going to guess that Nick has heard none. Yeah, no, I've never listened to the podcast. <laughs> uh, I don't, I I don't want to hear myself talk. Mm-mm. Um, I don't understand why anyone yeah. uh, does, yeah. but hey, it's worked out for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I can't. I don't want to hear my own voice. No. And so I, I've I've never heard an episode, a full episode of the podcast. Um, it is something that if I didn't like have to do it because it was my job previously, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't. But I do podcasts where I don't listen to the episode. Yeah. After having done it, like no, if I a, guess if guest. I guessed on a show I like, I'm always a little bummed because yes. I like, oh well, there's an episode I can't listen to. Exactly. So I don't, I don't go back and listen to that. But you have to become very, um, you you become aware of how you sound, all the things that you say that are like I'm doing it now, like like, like the, uh, the the just the vocal like things that you do that the you ticks you have when yes. anytime you hesitate or repeat or or stammer or repeat yourself a vocal pause, you right. know these types of things. I'm just I'm just hyper aware of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and uh, it's it's a prison. It's an it's, a, it's an absolute <laughs> prison. But uh, thank you for the question, modest ghost. This next one is from Life is an Internet Superhighway, and they write like Scrooge had his three ghosts of Christmas. Who are your three ghosts of gaming? Hmm. King Boo, probably, number one. Oh, this is what we're naming famous ghosts from video I games. Know. I don't know. Maybe it could be 
it, it could be ghosts of games we didn't finish. Mm. It could be our favorite ghosts. Yeah, I guess it's pretty open-ended. I mean, you got you to throw out pa- a Pac-Man ghost, right? A Pac-Man ghost is in there, yeah. Inky. Maybe you throw all three of them, Blinky, Pinky, Inky, and Clyde. Yeah, they're all in there. Uh, King Boo, I think, is a good one. King Boo's a good one, just as a representative of the Boos. Yeah, why not? And then what about um, that horrific lady from P.T.? <laughs> I could also say you could get like a uh, you know the the big lady from uh, Resident Evil Village, oh, Lady Lady Dimitrescu. Yeah, is she a ghost though? I, didn't, I never played it. I didn't play it either. Yeah. Is she a vampire? She's is she more a, vampire? Of a vampire than a ghost? Did you play it? No, but I watched a playthrough of it. <laughs> <laughs> is that something that you'll do often? Like watch a, a playthrough? Yeah, I, I watch a lot of horror playthroughs. Okay, I really like them, but I'm too scared to play them That's myself. Okay. That's okay. That's a good way to approach it because you know Matt and I are cowards. I gotta play seven and eight. I've like I, I that's yeah. just the, of the Resident Evils. Those are just like ah fuck. I should. I, I had that feeling when we played the four remaster. I was like I should just finally fucking. Do I it. heard seven is good. I'm a little bit more interested in eight, and it's not because of the big lady. I yeah. I, I just think it seems more cool. I mean, big lady doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt, but uh, oh, you know you know she could be a normal sized lady. Not the for sole all I motivating care. factor is yeah. me seeing this big lady. No, yeah. It's, Kind of, it's not. It's barely part of it. It's uh, like not even the whole thing. I guess the Luigi's Mansion ghosts are kind of a- adjacent to. We've already got a Mario Cannon ghost, so maybe we don't need any any of those. But maybe Luigi's there with the Gustbuster. Maybe Gooigi, too. Gooigi's pretty good. If he, I don't know if he is a ghost, but he is he is ghastly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I guess if if that's how we're answering the question with ghosts, then those are good answers. If it's if it's the other thing where it's like from ghosts of our back back catalog, we'll be here all day, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna say let's go with uh, King Boo. Yeah, let's go with the uh, Pac Man ghost, and then let's do uh, a Call of Duty colon ghost. Oh, okay, yeah, it's, it's just to get that in there. Cause yeah, I know we don't talk about Call of Duty that much. Yeah, that'll at, be the one all. time we talk about Call of Duty this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This next one is from Cody. Hi, Cody. Hi, Cody. And Cody writes. What Christmas movie would make the best game, and what genre would it be? And so, in reading this question, piggybacking off the Scrooge question, uh-huh. I think, what is that story called? A Christmas? It's not called a Christmas story. A Christmas Carol? A Christmas Carol would make an excellent, like, Hades-like, roguelike. Mm, interesting. Where the ghosts are giving you tasks, and you have to go through it, and, you know, you can, um, it could even be Scrooge McDuck, for all I care. But you're just kind of like reliving the same exp- you're the same night over and over again. You're That's reliving the, the same night, and then you have to in in this you have to sort of do a series of things to correct the night or something. It's very uh, what was I going to say? That's very you know Bill Bill Murray was in Scrooged yeah. and also Groundhog Day. It's kind of a Groundhoggy Day Scrooge mashup. Twelve minutes meets Hades. <laughs> Um, I like that. That's a fun pitch. I was gonna say my 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 immediate reaction was Elf, just because I feel like Elf is just like kind of like an an adventure and yeah. kind of like you know you could play that as like a uh you could do that as like kind of like an a a a an interaction focused uh or a a dialogue focused like RPG or something mm-hmm. or a um or an adventure game a point and graphic adventure. But then it was as, as I was looking through the list of. Of Christmas movies, I mean, Nightmare Before Christmas. If you got something that captured that aesthetic, and it, it just already feels like a video game world, I yeah. Mean, I, feel like a, I feel like a Nightmare Before Christmas, um, uh, you know, platformer with that sort of that same sort of you know, uh, frame rate feel to it 
Like it, it, it felt like, like, uh, it felt like stop motion animation. I mean, that, that feels like that would be the kind of thing that would be visually dazzling. Also something like an Edward Scissorhands or a Gremlins that has some fantastical character at the root of it feels like it would be a, a natural candidate for a character action game. There is a Nightmare Before Christmas um, video game that is that takes place one year after the events of the movie, and it's called Oogie's Revenge. And I did play this when I was a, a teenager. What did it come out for? Uh, it came out for PlayStation 2 and Xbox. Okay. And then there's a – it was released at the same time as Nightmare Before Christmas, The Pumpkin King for the Game Boy Advance, which is a prequel to the movie. And so they so simultaneously they released a prequel to the movie and a sequel to the movie, both video games. And I remember thinking – that the PlayStation 2 game was not good. And it is worse because there are original songs in it that build off of the songs from the movie. Yeah. And they're like all pretty bad. Mm. But he has like a, it kind of plays like Devil May Cry kind of. It's like sort of like an action, an action focused game where you're Jack Skellington and you have, it should have been a home run because Jack Skellington is such a cool character. I'm looking at some footage of it now, and this looks like it actually looks pretty decent for what it is. It looked cool, like it, like because then you can have you can become the Pumpkin King. Like visually, it looks decent. Yeah, you can be Jack Skellington regular. You can be Pumpkin King Jack, and you mm-hmm. can be Santa Jack, and they all have sort of like slightly different move sets and like powers. Um, but you always want to be. I feel like Pumpkin King Jack is like the coolest looking Jack. Yeah, there was far. there was a um. Of course, I mean, the, the, look, I'm not going to be the diehard as a Christmas movie guy, uh, but the there, the, you know, there were the there was the the diehard was there diehard arcade. There was also diehard trilogy. Oh yeah, there were some diehard games that came out. Um, but that feels like a thing where they could just like make an absolute banger of a game if they if they wanted. Oh yeah, this next one is from is from our old pal Drop King. What's up, Drop King? And Drop King writes, a franchise you love is now getting a tower defense game only available on phones. What is it? My first thought is God of War for some reason. I can see a God of War tower defense game. Um, We're defending like you know Mount Olympus or whatever. Yeah. Uh, my first thought is like, come on, man! I don't don't make my game I like into a fucking tower defense mobile game with a bunch of microtransactions. They're gonna do it. I know. Come on. Yeah. Look, leave I, Kirby alone. Leave... Kirby doesn't need to be in a fucking <laughs> tower defense game. I. I do think loaded up with a bunch of different currencies that you have to exchange real money for, so you can buy new sweaters. I've been thinking about Kirby a lot recently. Kirby rocks. Actually. This is the year that I like really decided that I like Kirby. Kirby's great. That new one was really really good. Kirby we delivers. Loved, we loved Kirby. Um, I guess my answer is God of War, and Nick's answer is Come on, man. <laughs> uh, this next one is from Vox the Devil, and Vox the Devil writes. I recently just picked up an analog pocket and I'm playing through Mother 3. Do you have any suggestions on what to play next on it? Any hidden handheld gems? Now, look, I, I have an analog pocket. I've finished some Pokemon games on the analog pocket. Those are obviously go-tos if you haven't done those, which I can't imagine you wouldn't have. Um, yeah. I played through Metroid Zero Mission on the analog pocket, and if you have not played Metroid Zero Mission, I feel like that's a safer recommendation for a game maybe somebody missed cuz i certainly missed that zero mission fucking rocks it is yeah, so it's a good, good game it's really good i'd say check that out uh and i've actually been pretty interested in i've been getting a lot of referrals for some pokemon rom hacks have you ever messed with a rom hack before 
Uh, I'm, I'm. It's not really my my thing, but I know some people are really into it in terms of like extending the shelf life of a game and, and yeah. getting a bunch of new content out of a you know a structure Th- they like. There are these ones that I've been hearing about. I think there's one called Pokemon Prism or something, and it like has like it has like a quest log and like things that other modern RPGs have that like Pokemon has yet to implement, mm-hmm. and so people like seem to really like that as like a oh. In, in a different dimension, these Pokemon games became a little more serious and a little more um, tailored toward uh, modern audiences. Um, I mean, you're the one with the analog po- pocket, so I think you're going to have the, the better answer for this. But in terms of what, because I also am not super sure like what it's what it's capable of, what it can emulate. Although I imagine, ga- you know, you mentioned zero mission, so I think I'd imagine uh, all those uh, Game Boy Advance games are, are on the table. Oh, what's that Astro, Astro Boy That's game? what I was just going to say. Astro Boy feels like... Um, I can't remember the subtitle is. Oh, but, Omega but, Factor. Yeah, Astro Boy Omega Factor is is a real gem, uh, and you don't have to know anything about the anime. I certainly didn't to enjoy that game. Uh, I don't know how a WarioWare Twisted or something would emulate. I feel like it. It. I don't know if they 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 be able to do that effectively. Yeah. So I don't know if I'd say that, but I would say like uh, you know, Advance Wars is one I loved on the Game Boy Advance. I messed they, with that they a did, little bit. They did port it to Switch, and but it, they they redid the art style, which I, is completely understandable. But it's just not really um, as charming. So I guess the original WarioWare. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are. I, all... I don't know. This this is one of those things where the question is like it's very open ended. Uh, so it's like kind of like I I don't know what you've played and haven't played, and I'm assuming something. If I'm assuming something about your tastes from the uh, uh from having played Mother Three, then maybe I'd also steer you towards Golden Sun because mm. there were a bunch of ports of Square. RPGs to uh, to Game Boy Advance, but Golden Sun was an original, and uh, that was a that was a really cool game. You might be able to find a uh, you know a a modded version of Boktai Two, which we covered on this show, that usually has the uh, requirement that you have to have the special cartridge for uh, to get. UV light in it to charge up your attacks. God, what a pain in the ass! That I know, shit was. What, what a nightmare. But but a cool, interesting game yeah, nonetheless. Cool. Uh, and finally, this next oh, one the is the fucking Castlevanias. Oh, the Castlevania Advance games. Yeah. Yes, those are those are all supposed to be pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I played them. I mean, Circle of the Moon. Uh, what were the other ones? Harmony of Dissonance, Aria of Sorrow. I mean, Symphony of the Night is the is the is the game, but. Uh, as far as the Game Boy Advance, met, uh, the the Metroidvania Castlevanias on Game Boy Advance were were all good, all worth playing. And f- finally, this last one is from X Red Gambit from our Discord, and they write, "What do you eat during this holiday season? What video game food would you insert into your rotation?" Mm, I think I got to get those uh those fruits from uh. Crash Bandicoot. Oh, a Wampa, Wampa fruit? Fruits? Yeah, yeah, Wampa Fruit would be really good. <laughs> yeah, give me you, a Wampa Fruit Cobbler. You know those are juicy as hell. They look like, juicy as shit, yeah. yeah. They look like, you know, have I said this to you before about mm-hmm. James and the Giant Peach? I always wanted to eat the big peach. <laughs> the peach looks good. <laughs> I think that's part of what, I think that, that the movie Rochelle does a good job like of the making... the same age, so I think we have a lot of the same. <laughs> no, I think the movie does a good job of making the peach look toothsome. It looks really good. Because you understand why a kid would want to burrow his way in yeah. there. And yeah. so in the same way that I've always wanted to eat the big peach. I've always wanted to eat a wampa fruit. Uh, I we, I've said this. I don't remember if I said it on pause, uh, the pod. Past guest uh, Shiraco Dunlap. That's right. Is in as a child actor is in James of the Giant Peach, and has a line where like because he rolls into New York City and she's like, "That boy's in a peach." <laughs> like, that's Shiraco. That's so good. And the second 
the second Henry Selleck picture to be mentioned on the show today. Wow. We're, we got Henry Selleck on the brain. Yeah, how about that? I wonder if she got to taste the big peach. I don't think that's how it works. No, I wonder if she got to try it. <laughs> well, the they had it on set. Message, yeah. <laughs> Maybe she got to try it. But this holiday season, a big thing uh, for um, one side of my family is that we'll be eating, you know, we'll be eating tamales, we'll be eating uh, pozole, oh, and like, oh, yeah. that's like my favorite time of year because yeah. eating that stuff nonstop. And I will probably eat, I'll put away a bunch of tamales this year. And that's gonna be What's so your favorite fun. protein in a tamale? Ooh, you know, it's going to be. I, I've recent in recent years I've been a green chili and cheese guy. Like oh, that, hell yeah. that's like a really great one. Green chili chicken and cheese, I should say. But um I like a I like a we do like a slow roasted sort of like uh like beef, uh, like a roast, like with red chili and that's like that's a home that's always so good to me too. What a hoot. Yeah, yeah. I eat a l I'll I'll eat a lot of those and they it's cause my, my grandpa makes them and he learned how to make them from my great grandmother and she learned to make them during the Great Depression, so they're very small. So you'll eat like, you'll eat like eight of them and be like, "This is, what did we do here? This was this is nuts." <laughs> but so they're just they're small by design, but they're they're very very good. I like that though. I like it's like what it's, uh, sometimes the fun of sliders. Like I get to feel like a giant for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll be eating we'll be eating a lot of that. But what video game food would I want to insert into the rotation? You don't really eat a lot in a lot of video games. Like there's, I mean, it depends on the game. Obviously, yeah. hey, did, 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 those those Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, Zelda's you're oh, eating all the time. Some of those meals look really good. Yeah, like the spicy fish on a stick or whatever. Or... Yeah, exactly. Some <laughs> of the stews. Yeah, I don't want the dubious food. No, you definitely don't want dubious food. Ugh, get that shit away from me. I'm gonna stick with wampa fruit. Well, then, if you're gonna go with wampa fruit, I'm gonna go with. The random floor food that you can find in a Castlevania or something. A big plate of spaghetti or whatever it is. Wall chicken? Wall chicken. Yeah. I'll have wall chicken. Yeah. That's going to be good. And that's going to do it for the question block. And that's going to do it for this week's Get Played. Big, big plate of spaghetti. It's very funny to think about that Castlevania. <laughs> I just, mean, fucking Dracula would hate that shit. It's loaded with garlic. Oh, <laughs> Get it out of here. That's true. That's true. It's a, but then- I don't Italian food in my castle. That to me then is, I'm thinking that that chicken is probably- very plain tasting. It Probably doesn't have a lot is, of seasoning yeah. on it. That's why I was when I was playing Vampire Survivors and there's floor chicken and Vampire Survivors. It's you know your health item. I, but I was like, you know what? If you're in that kind of time, though, if you're in this kind of sort of gothic setting, if you're in like the fucking you know 16th century or whatever, that a big roasted unseasoned chicken is still like the most delicious thing you could possibly eat. Oh yeah. There's nothing that exists that is like everything else you're eating is like fucking you know dried or like you know. Uh, uh, just a a big a fucking loaf of bread, you know. You just you just have it. You're never experiencing any flavor. When do you think in history uh-huh. was the first time that like food was good? Maybe in our lifetime. Maybe <laughs> kind of. I kind of think so. When, when did uh, when did Doritos come on the scene? <laughs> yeah, I think it wasn't until Dorito when yeah. the people were like, "We fucking did it." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, that's this week's Get Played. Our producer is Rochelle Chen. Check out our paywalled show, Get Animated, where every week we cover a different series or movie. That's over at patreon.com slash getplayed. And guys, that'll do it. I'll see you next time. And you know what got played this week? That track from Mary-Kate and Ashley, License to Drive. Let's hear it again. <laughs> I'm gonna like it here.
That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>